This episode of Cognitive Dissonance is brought to you by our patrons. You fucking rock. Be advised that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. Recording live from Glory Hole Studios in Chicago and beyond, this is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome mat. This is episode 640. And if you are listening to this, you are not watching this. That is because <laughs> we have no video this week, Cecil. No video. We had no some, video this I had week. some family issues pop up. We had to move the recording. You were gracious enough, Cecil, to move the recording from our usual Thursday to sometime in the afternoon on Friday. And uh, we weren't able to get together in studio, guys. Yeah, and also I get my hair did and my nails did on uh, Thursdays, and I'm don't I just not I'm just not camera ready I, today, Tom. Uh, brother, just not camera ready. I am never camera ready. We started a fucking <laughs> audio podcast, and then fucking Ian shows up and is like, "Oh, let's buy a bunch no of cameras and have them." Have you seen me, Ian? <laughs> you know, you wonder why the YouTube show isn't exploding off the fire. Look at me, for God's sake! That's it. <laughs> I have a voice for radio. Not a face for YouTube. All right, Cecil, let's uh, let's jump right in here. Um, this is an awesome article. It's from USA Today. This is probably the Jesus most Christ. pressing. Good Lord, this is Tom. pressing shit, buddy. Fact check. Scientists at CERN are not opening a portal to hell. Oh, thank goodness, Tom. I'm so happy that verified fact checkers fact check. are hard at work. Hard at work checking or checking on whether or not there is an actual portal to hell made up space. This is this is something that we have. This is how stupid we've gotten. This is yes. I don't know if yeah. we were always this stupid or if now we're just like vocally out loud this stupid or able to broadcast because like we've done citation needed episodes about like when they used to think tuberculosis was caused by vampires. And so, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, sure, they yeah. would dig people up and like stake their fucking hearts and eat their fucking ashes and shit. So people have always been basically trash, just complete trash. But man, it's 2022. It's 2022. <laughs> and this is fact check. Scientists are not opening a portal to hell. It's 2022. And they have to walk up to some guy in a fucking lab coat know, and be like, um, hey, uh, is hell real? Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, like, I guess that's the part that, Cecil, you hit on it, right, though? Because that's the tension that I am unable to wrap my head around. I don't know how you live in a modern world where there is a CERN. Right. And at the, and, and like, we're, we're putting fucking rovers on Mars that, like, fucking parachute down to gently land on the surface to send high-definition yeah, yeah. video back from another planet we're doing that stuff, and at the same time, we have to tell a segment of this self-same contemporaneous population, 
<sighs> it's not a portal to hell. <laughs> it's not. But Tom, it's 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 worse. It's worse than that because it's not just like one person you have to assuage their right. Fears. It's it's thousands, if not millions, of people will see this and think, "Oh, I saw this thing that they're opening portals into hell," and like believe it, like believe it, because it fits their worldview that you know scientists are bad, that science is bad, that science is trying to disprove this fairy tale that you really, really want to cling to. And so now when the, when you see something that confirms this hatred you have for this group of people, you immediately believe it because it matches the worldview you've already made up for yourself. Yeah, man, that's exactly, that's exactly right. It's that we talk about it a lot in, in our book, Grand Unified Theory of Bullshit. It's that confirmation bias, right? It's like, there's a worldview these folks hold and everything else gets yeah. fucking shoehorned into that worldview. It's like- yeah. It's like, you know, water or gases expand to fit the shape of their fucking vessel, you know? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, fucking yeah. shitty ideas expand to fit the shape of the world. Yeah, and, right. And, right. and I, I feel like it's the same sort of, sort of principle. So the claim, scientists at CERN are communicating with demonic entities and opening a portal to hell. Again, this is not from the Weekly World News. This is not Bat nope. Boy found. Nope. Nope. In April, scientists at the European Organization for Nuclear Research, or CERN, restarted their particle accelerator, the world's largest and most powerful accelerator, after a three-year hiatus. The accelerator, the Large Hadron Collider, had undergone repairs and upgrades, and scientists planned to use it to crash protons together and learn more about the origins of the universe. Nevertheless, social media users are suggesting that the machine has a different purpose, a Facebook post Shared July the 5th shows a TikTok video. I also love that. Yeah. A, a Facebook right. post of a TikTok video. Why don't you just in this fucking article reference the TikTok video? That's, also, what? There's, also, there's users out there that are like, no, I saw a Facebook post of a TikTok uh, video and I know what they're I doing over there. I saw a screen there. grab of an Instagram reel on my <laughs> Facebook and somebody set that to some music's <laughs> up on TikTok. And that's how I got my news. And I watched it because someone did a reaction video yes. on YouTube about it. <laughs> and that's how I know y'all is lying. Do your research. I want, here's what I want. I want 2005 me to hear me just say that. <laughs> you wouldn't even know the words. You know what I mean? I wouldn't even know. You I'd be like, even you know made those up words. all those words. You made all those right. words up. You just be like, yeah. I don't, I don't know what any of that is. <laughs> A Facebook post shared July 5th shows a two TikTok video of a woman who claims that certain scientists are using the machine to open a doorway for demons. Quote, if y'all don't know about CERN, <laughs> I'm already not interested. I'm already not I'm interested. Glad, I'm glad she has a Southern troll. Thank you. Thank you. Amazing. I'll try to read it in character here. If y'all don't know about CERN, it's a demonic, evil machine that opens up portals to other dimensions. Hell. It's a machine. It's a machine. Is that what CERN <laughs> is, a, lady? A machine? It's a machine. Is that what it it's is? A, it's a machine? Well, it's not a series of tubes or a dump truck. What is God, a Hadron Collider? You know, it's not a series. Of <laughs> she didn't say. She didn't say Hadron Collider. Right. No, no. She said CERN, CERN. is a machine. Right. She doesn't know what she's fucking talking about, man. You should already just be like, yeah, we threw that out because she literally doesn't understand the terms. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Opens up portals to other dimensions. Hail, 
other spiritual worlds, not heaven or bosom of Abraham, and it brings in demon, <laughs> wicked spirits, what? high evil principalities, reads the caption of the post. That's And then she looks in her, in her fucking pantry and she had spaghetti to give all her little kids or whatever. <laughs> she kept on stirring and all she put in was a tiny little bit of spaghetti, Tom. But when she stirred, stirred and it, stirred and stirred. And she stirred it. And stirred it. That's so stupid. So man. fucking fantastically stupid. There's been similar posts on Facebook and Twitter, and they had to like had to, they had to go back and be like, yeah, that's not like you can't open up portals. USA Today had to go talk guys to a fucking physics professor at the University oh, of God. Buffalo and be like, can you open up portals? And here's the answer. They actually <laughs> answered it. The fact that they graced this question with anything other than a harumph. <laughs> Or a door slam or a phone right? hang up. You don't deserve God. to be. If this is your question about how the world works, you don't deserve to be answered. It's it. My, but, 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 but it's amazing because they said to create a black hole or a wormhole, even microscopic ones with our current technology <laughs> in the context of our standard theories of gravity, <laughs> we need an accelerator as big as the whole universe. <laughs> It's like when Carl Sagan is like, in order to make an apple pie, you first have right. to invent the universe. the universe. It's the same thing here. It's like, in order to get a like a black hole made, we have to make a whole universe and then make a make a fucking hadron collider the size <laughs> of the universe. Yeah, so if we take up all the space possible <laughs> and use all of the materials. Ever. Oh man! Then maybe God, I hear this stuff. I hear this stuff, man, and I, I like, I get this like little panic attack going where I'm just like, God, how can we be this stupid? Like, no, we can't be this stupid. And it's not just like, like, look, I get it. When we want to say there's one person out there who believes stupid shit, there's a bunch of st stupid people out there that believe a lot of stupid shit. But we've done a really bad thing in connecting all those stupid people together so they could tune each other up. Yes. Oh, absolutely, man. Because he's like, these people used to be stupid, like off in the fucking corner of yeah. accounting. You sure. know? Like they yeah. were, they were the- Stupid yes. in isolation. Right. They used to be yep. stupid in isolation. And now they're stupid as a giant angry group. And then they fucking spin each other up like yeah. a fucking hadron, like a CERN, Tom. <laughs> they spin each other up <laughs> like a CERN. Like a CERN. <laughs> fucking idiots. Jesus. Oh my God. So yeah, guys, don't uh, fucking, if you were fretting, don't fret until you don't see worry. a fucking collider the size don't of the worry. entire universe. Don't worry. Yeah. God. Yeah. Next week in next week in USA Today, fact check. Easter Bunny doesn't lay chocolate eggs that are with unidentified goo inside. Yeah. You don't have to say thank you, Easter Bunny, when it lays a chocolate egg for you. God, man. That's, what is happening? Okay, looking at the minutes from last week, it looks like we still need a unanimous vote on whether we want to be STIs or STDs. What's the difference? Uh, the I is for infection and the D is for dick. No, it's not for dick, herpes. It is for disease. It's for dick, big D dick. We're not doing this again. I want to be known as a dick disease. Ew, I hate that. All right, well, speaking of stupid, let's talk about this very quickly from Newsweek. Marjorie Taylor Greene asks why kids are getting monkeypox if it's an STD. So Marjorie Taylor Greene, and I, I didn't grab this story, but earlier, I think this week or late last week, she also tweeted some shit about how 
what we should do about monkeypox is mock the people that have gotten monkeypox. And we should yeah. mock them because, in her view, it was an STD that only gay men got, right? So, right, right. And, that, and, and a bunch of right-wing, evil-minded dipshits who have absolutely no understanding of what monkeypox is or epidemiology or empathy for uh, people. Yeah. At all. And most importantly, the yeah, final or, one. Or yeah. any fucking empathy whatsoever. You know, they are seeking to both politicize, publicize, and then dismiss um, monkeypox because they feel like it's a uh, scourge that can be isolated to a group of people they've already demonized. Um, now, to be entirely fair to the science, that's not true. There's been about 16,400 cases of monkeypox in the United States, and the majority of them have been found in the primarily gay male population. But I read a real interesting article that suggested very strongly, um, and I think it was in the Times or the Post, that um, the gay male population often acts as a sort of epidemiological canary in the coal mine. That unless there is some reason for a um, disease to stay within a population or demographic. And for monkeypox, there is no reason for it to stay. That it's got to yeah, show up somewhere skin first. Skin on skin contact. Right. Yeah. Things yeah. have to show up somewhere first. And if there is some demographic um, activity which allows things to show up first within the gay male community, and it does, that's a canary in the coal mine situation. It's not a fucking border wall around monkeypox that prevents right, monkeypox right. from moving into other areas. So, and it's not a fucking STD. It's just not. No. You can get it from clothing, bedding, linens. You can get it from physical contact with anybody. It's physical contact. Right. Yeah. I, if yeah. I had a fucking, yeah. S, if I had fucking monkeypox, Cecil, I would give it to you when we record if I like shook your hand or gave you a hug. Shook my hand. You yeah. know? Yeah. Or like, yeah, it requires, it requires, I guess it requires a little more than, from what I, from what I was reading initially, now this was a, this is admittedly over a week and a half ago, but it requires a little more than just touching something someone else touched or something like that. It requires like an actual physical contact, which is why it's, it, you know, people are getting it when they have sex sure. because there's extensive physical contact during those times. I'm surprised it can spread that fast though, like in one minute. <laughs> well, maybe that's why, maybe that's why Marjorie Taylor Greene doesn't know what it is because the only time she has sex, somebody comes in their hand and throws it at her. They're just like, no, nah, that's it. That's that's a, that's as close as I want to get to Marjorie Taylor Greene. <laughs> Here's what fucking Greene said. She said, if monkeypox is a sexually transmitted disease, why are kids kids getting it? And there's there are two pieces to that that I wanted to talk about because I think that they're they're both important and they're both insidious. The first is the, the premise that we already kind of destroyed, right? If it is an STD, well, it's not. Nobody says that this is an STD. It's not labeled an STD by the CDC or the WHO or any medical body whatsoever. In 2003, I don't know if you remember this, Cecil, in 2003, there was a monkeypox outbreak in the United States and it was spread from prairie dogs. Do you remember that? Uh, I don't remember prairie dogs being... Prairie dogs were being kept uh, very briefly in the United States as a sort of um, like temporarily cool exotic pet. Oh, really? So, yeah. So prairie dogs were being kept as pets um, and prairie dogs are susceptible to monkeypox. 
And so there was an outbreak of monkeypox where people were getting it from prairie dogs. This happened in 2003. And I actually remember when this happened because I remember thinking, oh man, a prairie dog would be kind of a cool pet. And then I looked it up. I'm like, actually, that's a horrible pet. And then <laughs> like, it's like a literally, it's a terrible pet. Like it's terrible. You know, it's like, it's a horrible pet. I just thought they were cute. Um, but yeah, like there was a monkeypox outbreak then. It's not a fucking STD. But I think this question is intentionally raised to inflame and, and promote the Republican fear-mongering bullshit about pedophilia oh, yeah. and pedophilia's yeah. imagined yeah. link to the gay sure. community. The, the Republicans are saying like, look, uh, who's giving it to all these kids? It's an, uh, hey, you know, we, we're all going to grant that this is an STD that is just for gay men. So then how are kids getting? Well, obviously kids yep. are getting fucked by yeah, gay men. man. Fucking A, Right? Dude. That's what she's fucking, fucking saying. A. Yeah. But she doesn't have to come out and say it. All she needs to do is imply it yeah. and put that question in the minds of people that have had these similar questions and ideas already implanted. Well, and and her hateful base eats that shit up. Yum, they yum, want yum. they want her to make those make those veiled claims because it makes her look powerful. It makes her look like she's she's saying the right things against these groups that they think are lesser and that they hate. And so it's all it's all a benefit for her to say things like this. It's 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 a win-win for her to be provocative yep. in this way. And she's she's done a very good job, you know, as as stupid as she comes off very often. And I don't think she's a very intelligent person, but I do think she's crafty. And I think she's got she understands that she can she can push certain lines. This last week she talked about Christian nationalism. Um yeah. was a was a thing that she said. She's like, "I what? I'm a Christian and I'm I'm a nationalist. I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with being a Christian nationalist." Now, I don't know if you remember, but that, that guy from fucking Iowa, that Steve King, yeah. he said white nationalists and he got fucking like, he didn't win his seat back, man. They were just like, uh-uh, no, pass, hard yep. pass. Yep. And I think I think people need to recognize like, like Christian nationalism is a terrifying fucking thing. They want to incorporate, yeah, man. understand what it is, <laughs> understand what it means. It means they want to make a theocracy, more of a theocracy than we already have, which we already do have a very deep theocracy, but they want to take it another step. They want like a Pope for a King, man. Like fuck get yeah. the fuck out of here. And, and, yep. the, and I think we need to make sure that, that people understand. I don't think it's going to change, change anything about her. Cause I think she comes from a very rural district. It's in Georgia. I don't think it's going to change anything for her in particular, no. but you need to make that a bad word. So people don't say that kind of shit because man, the more they say it, the more they're going to push the Overton window over that way. Yep. She's intentionally using language like nationalism as, and the right is doing this a lot. They're using that language as a stand-in for patriotism. Yes. And they are, and by doing that, by, by shifting that linguistic window, they're shifting the ideological window. And this is the, this is the Overton window you referred to. Yeah. The way that they do that is through the, the clever-ish use of language. Right. There's a difference between nationalism and patriotism right? Patriotism for many Americans would be thought of as a virtue. Nationalism, if you look at what it is, is not just pride in your country, but it's pride in your country to the specific exclusion of the value of other nations. Right. That is it. And it's that exclusivity element of nationalism which sets it apart from patriotism. They are not synonymous, although they share a handful of similar elements. But because 
people believe that their country is a nation, that their nation is something to be proud of, that pride in their nation, it would be nationalism, right? It's easy linguistic shit. And this is games. These are just rhetorical yeah. games that people yeah. are playing to fuck with people's ideas about how they see the world. Because now, well, I'm a Christian and I'm a patriot. Why wouldn't I be a Christian nationalist? Well, holy yeah. shit. There's like 50 reasons why you might not want to be <laughs> a Christian fucking nationalist. Right, right. Right? Because like also there, and, and I, I don't want to belabor this too much, but also when you combine two words, you 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 now have a new concept. Yes, yes. Right? If I'm a Christian, that's one thing. It's got a definition. If I'm a nationalist, that's one thing. It's got a definition. If I am a Christian nationalist, yeah, yeah, you now have a new concept, right? Yep. But they don't they don't treat it as a new concept that has its own specific definition. What they treat it as is two words that they want specifically to deal with differently. I'm a Christian. What's wrong with being a Christian? Well, okay, nothing's wrong. All right, we'll set that aside. I, I believe in in my country. What's wrong with nationalism? Aren't you a patriot? Well, yeah, I'm a patriot. Okay, well then I'm you know see no problem with being a Christian nationalist. But that's disingenuous, right? Because it's right. not dealing with the truth of what that phrase yeah. and that phrase is defined is, as. That's key. That's important. And you're absolutely right. You know, you make a new concept when you when you glue those things together because they weren't when they were apart. They weren't affecting each other. There wasn't like a tie between right. them. They were two separate concepts. But the moment you put them in the same as a conjunction or whatever, as a fucking phrase, now you're saying these two things are inextricably linked and they mean something to each other. And that's a dangerous concept. And, yes. that, and, and we should be pushing against that as vociferously as we can because what I don't want is for that shift to happen where suddenly we're arguing on levels of Christian nationalism. Right. Where suddenly we're saying, well, let's just get to the lowest level of Christian nationalism. I want to get it out of our government completely. I know it's not going to happen, but I want to keep pushing the language so that we don't start accepting the fact that there is a, a government that is has a Christian overview. I want to see right. people... I want to see people twist all these laws that the Supreme Court is laying down now. I want to see people start twisting these laws so they have to allow other religions to do the same thing so that people suddenly realize they fucked up like the Satanists do all the time when they yep. when they do this, you know, thing where they're like, yeah, we they put up a fucking 10 commandments, we put up a Baphomet skull. And they're yep. like, "Oh, sorry about the 10 commandments, that's our bad." And then they took them down. I want the same thing. I want satanic prayer or something after school that shows that this is, you know, that this is a a bad idea for for everyone. That that no one really wants this. You only want it for Christians. And uh but I think we need to keep pushing that because if we don't, we're going to wind up with well, at least we're not as Christian nationalists as we could be. Yeah, and you know, they they only want this for Christians and then they don't even have a settled idea of what Christianity means. Oh, no, 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 no. You know, they don't even have a settled idea. You you, they, you talk to people about this stuff and it's like, all right, well, you know, what if what if you had, uh, you know, somebody who was a Mooney? Now, the Moonies are Christian, you know, or the Jehovah's Witnesses. They're they're Christian. They've got some ideas that, that most of the mainstream Christian population yeah, wouldn't ascribe to. Yeah, I think Mormons are to. too, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, I, I, think, I think the Mormons. Yeah. yeah. So there are many, there are many, there are so many denominations of Christianity which would necessarily conflict. I mean, what if you had a teacher standing in front of your kids 
saying, all right, well, you know, in our classroom, obviously we're not going to do birthday celebrations or Christmas celebrations because, you know, and, and started teaching you about Jehovah's Witness stuff. Or what if they started scaring the shit out of your kids about, you know, rapture stuff? Or what if they were a Unitarian, you know? And they started like, it's just, it doesn't work. I think I think a valid strategy might be for some, uh, for some atheists and humanists out there that want to change this law to adopt and try to understand Jehovah's Witness principles and use Jehovah's Witness as the thing. Because yeah. like you say, it's Christian, so they might start, but then do all the crazy shit that they don't know about, right? Do all that crazy shit or do it as a Mormon where you're announcing like, yeah, we all get your own fucking planet or whatever when you die. You know, so that there's that there's something that makes everybody in the audience be like, oh, wait a minute, what yeah, now? What right. is that? And it gets them uneasy with hearing about other people's religion because you seem to think, everybody seems to think that their religion is all, so everybody's ubiquitous. Everybody has the same yeah. ideals. Yeah. In fact, I talked to somebody this week who was a Methodist and I was having a conversation with this Methodist and we were talking back and forth. And I said, Methodist, isn't that like a, like a really sort of liberal group of people. And she's like, you know, there, there, there's a very progressive wing that I belong to. And she's like, but Jeff Sessions is a Methodist. She said, you know, like, like it can be so even in, even in their own church, right. even in your own sub church, right. It's a Protestant religion, even in your own Protestant subsect, there can be highly liberal and highly conservative wings. The Catholic church has a highly liberal and a highly conservative wing, like the conservative wing um, is anti-immigration. The conservative wing is a full-on, you know, no abortion. And then there's a liberal wing that is pro, pro-choice and pro-immigration. You know what I mean? So there's like, there's like big, when you get a, a group that's big enough, even the own, even the church doesn't agree with itself. Right? Yeah. The, the Methodist is an interesting example because I think if I'm not mistaken, but I see articles all the time that there is there is a straight up schism taking place yeah. in the Methodist church sure. right now around yeah. the issue of, of uh, gay marriage yeah, um, and whether or not, you know, some churches have said, yeah, we're hundred percent pro and other churches have said we're hundred percent not. And there is a straight up like split the church in half schism just in that one fucking niche of a niche of a niche. It's fucking nuts. When, when my, it, it was interesting Cecil, because we sent, as you know, and I talked about this on the show, we sent uh, my stepdaughter to a Lutheran school for yeah. the last two years because of the pandemic. So we needed her to go in person for a bunch of reasons. So we sent her to a Lutheran school as the only option. And then, you know, come to find out, and I, I Googled around that there are different sects within the Lutheran sure. denomination. And we had sent her to the one that was part of this like Missouri Sinai or Synod, I don't know how it's pronounced, and that is actually like a really, really, really conservative version of Lutheranism. And I had been familiar before we signed up with a much more liberal version of sure. Lutheranism. And so this church ended up being quite conservative, like very conservative. And I was struck like, wow, this doesn't seem in keeping with the Lutheranisms that I've been exposed to. And I looked it up and it's like, oh, it's because they're part of this, this chunk right? Yeah. This carve out or whatever. So it's fucking it like, no, nobody wants this. I would be interesting, Cecil, if, if, if atheists pursued within science classes, and I don't know that like I would want anyone to do this, but like if kids started fucking flunking AP exams and like not exiting school with the proper 
knowledge. I don't want this. I don't want people who are, I don't want them to be hurt, right? The whole idea is not to hurt students, but it's like at some point, isn't it going to? Oh yeah. Aren't they going to oh, leave yeah. school with like bad ideas or lesser well, ideas or fucked up ideas about how the world is operates? You know, this is a tangent, but uh, this week I read a story out from Florida that if you're a, if you're like a veteran you can te- you can get a waiver to teach class in like schools there. Yeah, man. Did you see this? Yes, I read the same. This is fucking nuts. Like, yeah, it's Florida just and it's just so out of teachers that Florida's it's like, just like yeah, they're just like yeah, we'll just take a, a veteran. It doesn't matter what what you are trained in. You can just yeah. do like a little bit of like a, I think it was a certain number of hours that they could do, and then they could. Um, and I know I saw a story f- circulating. That somebody said that somebody you could do it if you were a veteran's wife or a spouse, but that's I don't. From what I read, that's not true. That's not true. Yeah, that's you can, not you, the you case. can get a you waiver can, for you some can get fees. a waiver for fees, but you got you still have to do this do the schooling or something. But if you're a vet, I think they waive the schooling. Yeah, if you're a vet, you don't have to have a degree in your subject area of expertise. So, like when I went to school to teach, because that's what I went to school for. So. You had to have, I wanted to teach high school English and I was going to be certified six through 12 um, because it's just more marketable. So, but you had to get your degree in your subject area. So you had to get like a bachelor's degree in my case, English, um, English literature. And then you had to get a minor in secondary education. And then you had to do a bunch of practicum work. So you had to do a bunch of like clinical hours of, you know, observation and then like, teaching, like student teaching, but also you had to do some stuff in between observation and student teaching. I forgot what they called it. Um, and then you had to you get a license and then you were licensed for a certain thing. And so what Florida is saying is like, yeah, but if you're a veteran, I mean, you don't have to do that stuff. Yeah. Well, here's the, here's the actual, here's the outlines. A minimum of 48 months military service with an honorable or medical discharge, a minimum of 60 college credits with a, a 2.5 grade point average. So that 60 college credits, I don't think that gets you a degree. I thought you had to be like in the 90s or something like that for a degree. So I don't think that gets you a degree, as I recall. But I'm, I could be wrong. I have no idea. Passing, and then you have to pass on a Florida subject area examination for bachelor's level subjects. You have to have a passing score on that. And then there you go. Yeah. So you have to have a pat. That's what you have. So you just, have, to, I mean, you just have to test well. You just have yeah. to test well. That's all. To- yeah, I mean, like to, I mean, I, I will say like to be a teacher, at least in Illinois, it's kind of a high bar. It is a, it is a pain in the ass. Like the educational requirements, the practicum, the clinical hours, it's a lot of work. It's a lot more than just, I tested into my subject area. Yeah. Holy shit. What yeah. the fuck difference does being a veteran make? Like Nothing. literally what in the world difference does that, why should that be? It, I mean, like, if, if you're qualified to teach because you can take a test, what the fuck difference does it make if you're a goddamn veteran or not? This is like such, it, it, God, when I read that story, Cecil, it's like such a fucking obvious right-wing pander. It is, totally. Nothing yeah. in the world. That's this is a fucking is. gargle fucking troop come. That's all yeah. this is. But what you're doing is you're making a, a dumber United States populace over sure. and over and over again. And we've been going down this road since I was a kid, man, they've been trying to yep. they've been trying to change how we teach kids stuff. And it's been going on for a very long time. 
And teachers are teachers are the front line very often of, you know, these battles, these, you know, and I don't want to call it a culture war because it's not a culture war. It's an education war. It's a war on whether or not we're going to tell people reality or not. And that's been happening in the schools for over two decades now where, you know, they're fighting on whether or not they're going to have intelligent design added to the books. I talked to a teacher. I know he's a, he's a high school teacher, a uh, history teacher. And he, he basically said there's two makers of textbooks. Either you get the Texas one, you get the California one. Those are your two options. And so, you know, you know, they're not teaching the California one in half the states, over half the states. And, you know, the Texas one is probably almost certainly omitting a bunch of stuff or changing yep. history or making people feel good about slavery and other things. Yeah. You know, those people aren't getting a, a good, solid education in those places. No. And then, and then you know, compound that with the idea that we use we use property taxes as a, as a vehicle to fund schools in our area, which then perpetuates cycles of poverty and wealth. And it's just, I mean, it's just a fucking stupid system. And it then we, we throw, we, we throw political wrenches in it like fucking hand grenades. Yep. And, and nobody is doing this more than Florida. No, nobody, nobody, no state. Nobody. DeSantis is, is so fucking heavily involved. There was another story I saw just like last week or maybe this week. I don't even know anymore. There was a, a public school, that elementary school, that had to pull all the books from their classroom libraries because they needed to be reviewed to make sure that they didn't have content that violated the new Florida restrictions on, you know, anything that had gender or sexual identity yeah, man. anywhere sure. in it. Sure. And that makes no sense, yeah. right? Like, what book, what book does not have gender and sexual identity in it? Like, literally, and, what yeah. book... What book well, does not have there gender? There goes little women. There goes everything where there's characters, <laughs> I right? Know. If, if there are characters just that like interact, a, like an agender fucking robot or something, right? Which they wouldn't want either, right? Like, like any interaction is a like, like all interactions are in some way, and without a lot of reading into gendered interactions. Like if I am, if I'm, if I mention in a book that I am a father or a son or a mother or a brother, all of those are gendered terms. If I, I can't mention any, I can't have characters that are related to one another or married or dating or going to a dance with another person. Like you can't have a story of human beings. What the fuck? How in the world? But it's not, they're not really trying to police. And that's why it's so absurd, right? Yeah. They're not really trying to police mentions of gender and sexual identity. They're trying to police mentions of gender and sexual identities, which they deem to be unacceptable. Yeah. Right. To the right. The others. The others. Yep. If you don't fall into the, the I or the O, then mm -hmm. you're out. Yeah. Sit. Hey, all you planeteers at home. Remember, turn off the faucet between usages and recycle those plastics. Or else, I'll turn you into a fucking tree. Captain Planet, motherfucker. All right. So big caveat on the source here, guys. This comes from Oddity Central. But it Oddity Central, Tom. Oddity Central. Oddity I know. Central, Tom. And also, also, there's a there is an embedded video Link. from the Telegraph. Yes. Yep. The thing is, I I and I and Cecil, I did see that from the Telegraph, and that's why I felt comfortable. And I'll be blunt, I didn't go try to source this somewhere else because I just thought it was. It just reminded me, actually, of again a citation needed episode. This comes from Oddity Central. Politician drinks water from polluted Holy River to prove it is clean ends up in the hospital. It's also, it's also an I fucking love science. 
It's on Yahoo. It's on Business Insider too. Yeah. So, so it's, it, it's made it, its way it, around. It looks like it's made its way around. Yeah. And again, there's there's a link from the Telegraph, um, which which is in here. It's an embed from their from their YouTube channel. And that does go to their YouTube channel. I did check that. So, so there is a river. It's the Kali Bine or Kali Bean. I, I'm sorry. I'm probably mispronouncing. It's a holy river um, for people that are of the Sikh faith. Um, and it is an incredibly polluted river. It's a nasty old fucking grody polluted river. It's been cleaned up a little bit, but it's still a river. So it's still full of blah. <laughs> and this fucking guy was like, yeah, it's a holy river, so it's totes fine. And he drops a fucking glass in there and fucking well, drinks some drink to show everybody that it was fine. And the guy ends up getting the big tummy rumbles. <laughs> he has to go. And it's not just like he got the squirts. He had right. to like get airlifted to a hospital, <laughs> man. Like that's like a, like, a, like, what is it? Battery acid? What did you drink, man? <laughs> holy shit. God damn, get a life straw. What's wrong with Holy, you? Right? Would it have been damn, funny if he dropped a life straw on that thing? Drank, Bear Grylls drank his own piss and he didn't have to get airlifted <laughs> to a hospital. <laughs> Did he? Like, he squeezed water from a fucking elephant poo and drank it and was fine. What is in your got, river? He didn't even get elephant lifted to the hospital after that. <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, and, that, and the thing is, is they had said, they had said that, like, like, I think he was doing it for a couple of reasons. One, it's a holy river to the Sikh because it's believed right. that that's where the founder of Sikhism, he bathed it in and achieved enlightenment. I mean, I don't, okay, okay, cool. He sat in the bath and thought, wow, it's cool to be alive. I don't know what happened. But anyway, he, this guy also is one of the people who's, I think, been sort of spearheading a, a weight or at least someone around him in his periphery has been sort of spearheading the cleanup of this. And so it's been, I think they're trying to prove that it's clean and they're, they didn't carry the one. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> and instead got carried to the hospital, carried to the hospital. Yeah. Like, you know, even if it was clean of pollutants, rivers are full of like Giardia and stuff. Oh, I know. Yeah. Like even There's if you all like kinds of who shits in there, Lots yeah. of things shit in that water, man. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Why are you, you gotta, You should not be drinking that. You got to run it through a filter of that brain-eating amoeba before you put it in your body, <laughs> you know? This reminded me so much of, I think it's, wasn't it Midge? Thomas Midge? Yeah, Thomas Midgley. He's like fucking the leaded gasoline guy that eventually got all the bad leaded gasoline stuff happened to him. Yeah, dude, like... In front of a crowd of reporters was like, oh, everyone's afraid of tetraethyl lead. It's no problem. Look, I'll wash my hands in tetraethyl lead. I've got to go to the now. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, these, like, demonstrations of I totally promise it's safe. Oh, it reminds man. me, too, like, did you watch Tiger King? Yeah. There, there's a, like, I listened to this long form podcast about it and I watched it. So I don't remember if it was on the documentary or not, but the guy who shoots himself accidentally in the head with the gun was doing it to prove to the other guy that the gun wouldn't like, he, he was like, Oh you, yeah. Like, once you take the clip out, like it's totally safe. And then it's like shoots himself in the head and doesn't like take the bullet out of the chamber. No, there was a bullet in the chamber. I remember that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was yeah. the guy it was like his, it was like his lover or whatever. Right. Yeah. The but he was, he was trying to lover. prove to somebody else that like, it was totally oh, fine and Jesus safe Christ. and doesn't take the Do bullet out of the, the chamber. <laughs> 
It's like do that in the air and then be like, thank goodness I didn't put that up to my head. <laughs> Same thing here. It's like, do that in a test tube and then be like, thank God I didn't put that in my body and have to get airlifted to a hospital. Right. You know what this right. reminds me of too, Tom, is do you remember that um, the Virgin Mary that was like sewage and oh, people yeah. were like licking her toes and like getting sewage poisoned? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was that guy. Remember we went to like Tam and that guy had like basically been like run out of the country because yeah. he was trying to dis he was trying to show everybody like there's like a sewer pipe. It's yeah, not it's like, like a sewer pipe, man. Leaking joy She's water not, like, from crying. heaven. <laughs> She's not right. crying. The tears of heaven. That's a poop, man. It's like, look, I like that statue's dry as fucking Ben Shapiro's wife. Like it's just got fucking <laughs> poo water dripping out of it. Are you serious? What? Uh, so it's Ben Shapiro's mouth, is what you're saying. <laughs> me, 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 me. Look at me now. Ah. Here comes the one. He's getting married today. Oh, you gammon jealous bitches better get out of my way. Cause I've got a man and you ain't got shit. And if you haven't married by now, you poor bitches might as well quit. This story comes from NBC. GOP lawmaker attended gay son's wedding three days after voting against same-sex marriage. Uh, this is Representative Glenn Thompson. He's a Republican from Pennsylvania. Um, and his gay son got married. Good for him. Uh, and then pretty much immediately, uh, his dad voted against a bill which would have protected gay marriage, a bill which is only necessary because the Supreme Court has basically invalidated all of its prior rulings. And it, it's in reverse order, right? So his dad didn't vote on it. And then he got married afterwards, right? Yeah, he, he voted yeah. no. Yeah. And then... After voting against, after after voting to strip the rights of other people just like his son, three days later, he goes and celebrates his son's wedding. It's so funny because you know for sure that it's, I mean, like, one, you don't, you don't presume that he hates his son. Right. And you also, I also don't presume that he's necessarily anti-gay in the sense that he dislikes gay people. I think what he is, is someone who recognizes his own constituency would be very upset with him if he did something and he knows something's going to pass. And so he's just like, like, these are people who don't have any principles. Never, ever, ever think that these people have a principle that they're standing on. They are only doing the things that they need to do to continue having this job. That is all they're doing. They're not doing yep. anything that is, because most of the stuff they do is politically motivated. We talk about it on the show all the time, Tom, how many people like certain things that are a majority of people in the country agree that this should be a thing, and yet they still don't enact it. They still stop it from happening. Constantly. And it's and it's because of you know lobbying power to keep them in power. It's all about you know knowing how they can how they can cut up their little section of the pie every single time. And you know I I'm not letting this guy off the hook for being an absolute shit, right? I think he's an absolute shit. Right. But I think that I think that you know like. Like it could also be too that he doesn't like gay people in general, but he loves his son. Yeah, you know, there's but, a couple it, of options. There, there are. The thing is, he I read his like he gave 
a very nice speech at his son's wedding. There was video that came out and it was transcribed and I read the transcription. He gave a very nice speech welcoming his new son-in-law into his family. It was a very unreserved sounding speech. It's a little awkward. He's not a good speaker, weirdly enough, but it was a little awkward, but he gave a very nice speech. I think a couple of things are important to note. I think you're absolutely right, Cecil, that guys like this, are they're not acting on principle. They are acting on political impulse. And so we have to look at this and say, all right, well, if the political impulse for these people is so strong that they can't tell right from wrong anymore, yeah, then we need to adjust the system by creating very short term limits. We should be moving people in and out of this system of governance much, much quicker than we do. We should not have lifelong senators. We should not have lifelong Congress people at all. You should not be getting term after term after term after term because now you're embedded in a system and you don't know how to go get another job. This should be something that you do for a short period in your life as an act of civil and public service. That's it. And if we can't figure that piece of this system out, this is the inevitable result. People will do a lot of shit to preserve their jobs and their power and their money. And I can't entirely blame people. I do, but I can't entirely blame people for preserving their ability to feed their family, right? Their ability to keep their yeah. jobs. Um, I do think these people generally have lots of options, but still. I think they like, do I, too. I, I think they have generous. That, yeah, man. I mean, this is a privileged position and they can walk out and get another position really easily. Really easily. Yeah. So, but term limits are part of the answer to this. I think the other thing to note is like this motherfucker knew that his kid would not be affected. He knew that no That's law was going to get passed. Too. Yeah, right. So these fucking assholes, they always get theirs first. Yeah. And then they take from you. Yeah. He was absolutely happy to make sure that he would attend his son's wedding because his son's rights were never in danger. The timeline doesn't, time yeah. doesn't work. Yeah. Right. Pennsylvania didn't have a law. What he was voting on was a federal law, which will yeah. hopefully pass and will make same-sex marriage legal at a federal level so states themselves can't restrict that right. right. So there is not a pending piece of Pennsylvania legislation which would have gone into effect that could have affected his son's ability to get married. So he knew his son was going to get his. Yeah. So as long as he's safe, as long as his family's protected... Then and he's, he's going to do the other thing that protects himself and his and family, his which is to do is, politically motivated shit. And his son, probably because this guy's lived a privileged life, also has some sort of privilege that can probably, if it gets outlawed in his state, go to a place where he can, you know, like they have the options to be in the parts of the United States that will allow gay people to continue their unions, yep. even if the Supreme Court rules against it or whatever, and they toss it back down to the states again because that seems to be what they want to do. Well, if they do that, then they toss it back down to the states in places like Illinois and New York and California and, you know, like, you know, 20 other places maybe on the map are going to say, your marriage is fine here. And the other places will either be stuck between, yep. you know, maybe allowing unions or nothing at all. And that's what, that's what, and this, so there, so his son won't ever be stuck in Alabama. Yep. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. This, this this kind of disingenuous liar's bullshit, it's important to point out because the hypocrisy is preventable. Yeah. The system can be revised. We can make changes to the system. Yeah. We can create term limits. 
Yeah. We can make the process less, like, just transparently politically motivated, personally politically motivated. We can fix it. Yeah. I also, too, I know that there's a push for people to say, well, it's just hypocrisy. They're just hypocrites. There's nothing you can do. It's not going to change them. And I know that. This guy's not going to change his mind. And he doesn't care that this, this guy doesn't care this story's out. No, he no. literally doesn't care. He's not going to, it's not going to change him at all. It may be used as an attack ad in some ways against him by somebody else who's probably more conservative. Because I can't imagine a left-leaning person using this as an attack ad to be like, he goes to gay marriage weddings. Right. You know, it's like, like, what do you do as his attack? I don't know what your attack ad even says. But the, but a lot of people will say, you just, the pointing out the hypocrisy doesn't matter. Yes, it matters. We have to yep. point it out every single time, every opportunity yes. we get, we have to point it out and you have to keep pointing it out over and over and over again. Because when you start to let it slip, then it doesn't matter. And then they can just literally do whatever they want, but you have to always call them back constantly and say, no, that's a hypocrite stance. You're doing one thing and then you're saying another. That's a hypocrite stance and you've got to keep doing it. Democrats think they have a right to all the black people. Mm -hmm. But that is not the case. We are not a monolith. Mm -hmm. Democrats may be cool, but they ain't practical. There you go. Mm -hmm. Republicans are practical. Black people are practical. Come to think of it, get those pants. I think black Republicans are pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Not to mention very diverse. Excuse me, gentlemen. Uh, sorry to interrupt. Someone's white wife is here to pick them up? Was her name Emily? Uh, she was white. Okay. This story comes from LGBTQ Nation. Texas log cabin Republicans are finally admitting the obvious. We failed. The log cabin Republicans have long espoused the idea that they could work from within the Republican Party to um, make the Republican Party more amenable to things like gay marriage, um, which I have no idea how the fuck you think you could possibly do that. But here we are in 2022, and rather than the Republican Party becoming slightly more progressive, even as the demographic reality of this country shows more and more and more and more people are much more accepting of uh, gay marriage, the Republicans are doubling down and doubling back into the past and into history. And the log cabin Republicans are finally like, well, shucks. Well, golly. Yeah. <laughs> huh. That didn't well, I, work. I don't think it's the work of the diligent log cabin Republicans that have changed public opinion on gay marriage. I think it's, I think it's normalization through all these years that we've had and have witnessed gay relationships and people coming out of the closet and people becoming more and more like slowly, pro progressively, more and more accepting of those couples. And then specifically big decisions coming down from the Supreme Court to make it a thing all across the country. So you can't discriminate against a gay relationship like that. Like that's a huge, that's a huge thing right. for opening up people's eyes. It's like, it reminds me of like, when California pushed back and they the they said uh, and this was on uh, on um energy efficient cars they had pushed back a while back against oh, Trump yeah. to say no man we're no we're gonna fucking we're gonna make we're gonna make some really restriction restrict shit and a bunch of people a bunch of the automakers were like well, well we're gonna follow what 
California wants because they're a huge demographic. Yep. And I think I think the rest of the country would do this if we all just got on board and we all just admitted that we were just cool with it. Like, okay, man, we're all just cool with it. Who cares? The moment you see that demographic has tipped so much, you can you can then open up and say, okay, well, we we've changed all the structures in this country to now be accepting. We can't, there, there's no going back. We can't, we can't retool the machine, so to speak. But the yeah. problem is, is, is there's some of these people, some of these hateful, disgusting people in some of these states. And a lot of them are politicians and a lot of them are religious leaders. And they are hateful, grotesque people who yep. hate gay people beyond compare and have never taken their foot off the gas, have never once taken their foot off the gas. And in this in this article, you know, you get fucking Abbott signing like a Chick-fil-A fucking bill or something. Uh-huh. Yep. Save the Chick-fil-A bill into law. Yeah. I, I want to shit on the log cabin Republicans very specifically for a second. And I want to shit on them um, with, with a quote from one of these folks. Um, this is from Paul von Wupperfeld. We failed to moderate the Republican Party. I'm glad we tried, and I think we did the right thing by trying. And we're actually going the other way, faster and faster. Fuck you, man. The Republican Party has been transparent about their stance. From day one, your desire to moderate the public, the Republican Party is because a lot of these people in the log cabin Republican, they are themselves gay. And what they want, Cecil, is they want all of the other evil bullshit restrictions the Republicans stand for, but they want to be included too. So they weren't asking to moderate the Republican stance on any of its other yeah. evil bullshit. On abortion. Right. They were always trying to take women's rights away. They were always trying to financially devastate people of color. They were always trying to do all the rest. They were fine, Cecil, with all the the rest rest of of the the discriminatory bullshit evil practices. And they were saying, oh, you know, we were trying to be a moderating force. Fuck you. Only for one thing. And you wanted that because you wanted yours. You wanted your tax cuts, motherfucker. That's what you wanted. You wanted your tax cuts. You wanted to win at the expense of others. That's what the Republican Party is about. It is about a small minority of this country winning at the expense of others. And you were mad that they wouldn't let you in the club because you love someone that they don't approve of. So what you were trying to do is get them to open the door a tiny crack enough so you could get all of the winning at the expense of others. That's what you really wanted. Fuck the log cabin Republicans. They were never going to moderate or soften the Republican Party. They never wanted to. They just wanted to sit at a lunch table full of bullies. And they only wanted to moderate them on one tiny issue. Yes. Right? Now, don't get me wrong. I want them to moderate on that that issue along with a bunch of other issues and get them so that they're more progressive in every way. But I, I, uh, but if you're going to throw out all the rest of the issues and be like, no, that's fine, then I, then I agree with you. It's like, fuck off, fuck yeah. off. You check, you know, you're the one who picked the fucking snake up. What the fuck did you think it was? Exactly. No sympathy at all. None. Die in a fire, log cabin Republicans. Because <laughs> so what if it's not windy? Then they're just doing. That's it why they it. do it in windy places because the turbines are being spun by wind. Yeah. No, I'm not talking about the ones to generate. I'm talking about the wind turbines for global warming. What? I thought that's what they were for, no? Yeah, yeah because it is for global warming. warming because they're trying to, to stop... cool down the, the, the earth. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> shit. Is, it that, is that what he thought? <laughs> you thought it was like a fan, basically. 
bro. Just wear it. No, okay, wait, hold on. Listen. What about? Hey, I'm done with you. I'm done with you. That's what I said for global warming. Wait, let's let him finish. So when you think it's for global warming, what you what was you gonna no, say? No, as in as in you're not using like. Yeah. So you thought that it was cooling down stuff. <laughs> Isn't that what you use fans for? It's not a fan. It's a fan. What is it? A winter, a fan, bro. It's not a fan, bro. It's not a fan. It's oh not a fan. God. It's a fan, bro. This guy's an idiot. It's a fan. Stand in front of it. I bet you'll be cold. <laughs> This story comes from the BBC. The audacious PR plot that seeded doubt about climate change. It's kind of a longer BBC article. Um, and it, it really, I think the heart of this article to me, Cecil, when I read it, is that much of the disastrous inactivity that we've encountered um, in, in our non-existent fight against climate change that we are going to pay for for fucking ever now really comes down to a handful of industry insiders who changed, literally worked with PR companies to change the rhetoric and the narrative and the language around yeah. climate and around climate change. And by controlling that language, they've really captured and stalled the argument. And it was all about doubt. All they had to do yep. was seed a little doubt into there. And what they did was they fed on the uh, the conflict that occurs when you put two people on in a in a platform and then have a debate. And so they recognize that that's going to get viewership, that's going to get clicks, mm -hmm. that's going to get whatever. And the news organizations fed on that. And so what they did was they just fed what the news organizations were looking for. They were Absolutely. looking for this yep. debate. And so what they did was they furnished a debate. They went out and found any of the voices out there that were negative, that, that had some seed of doubt in them that said, I don't know about all this stuff that like all these scientists agree on. And instead they, they made it seem like this one person who's supposedly also an expert has the exact same weight of their opinion as the other person who they're arguing against who happens to be backed by like reams and reams and reams of data and they and they treat those like equals and they treat them they give them equal time yes. and equal yep. amount to talk about it to each other and equal amount to refute each other's points and then they pass it back off to the audience to say well now you get to make your decision well you're the one who portrayed it in a way to make it seem like it's a coin flip and it's yep. not a coin flip it's it's all the data on one side no data on the other just a willingness to make a make some, make a little bit of money to uh, maybe uh, to to embellish your doubts on television so that they that you could continue to make this paycheck that these PR companies is are willing to pay you. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it is a it is a well-known and unfortunately effective strategy that if you take an issue and you turn it into a fucking intelligence squared debate, then you are telling everybody by virtue of that debate, you're telling everybody that there are two sides, but yes. there are not two sides to every question. There are not two sides to the speed of acceleration due to gravity on earth. That's a measurable known yeah. thing we can know. There are not two sides. But if I put two people at a lectern and I got one guy who says 
that it, oh, the speed of gravity, the acceleration due to the speed of gravity, it, it really depends on, you know, the variety of factors. It makes a bunch of shit up. And the other guy has all the facts. But if I'm in the audience, I'm like, wow, this is, seems like there's a lot of debate on this issue. This is not a settled question. Right, right. Creating that uncertainty is why we've gotten nothing fucking done. That's like from the article, the same tactics would now help beat climate regulation. They would persuade people that the scientific facts weren't settled and that alongside the environment, policymakers needed to consider how action on climate change would negatively affect American jobs, trade and prices. So it's kind of a twofold piece. First, let's pretend that facts aren't all facts. Like, let's pretend that there's a debate where there's not actually a debate. Let's pretend that the scientific data here wasn't settled. And then let's misconstrue or muddy that water with saying, well, but even if it were true, and we're not even saying that it is, but even if it were true, doing anything about it would, you know, cost everybody you ever met their job. And we'll all be poor. And yeah, your cars will, and and they, they sell you this like, worst quality of life and this like scaremongering stuff about lost jobs and trade and, you know, increased prices and all this stuff. And you're like, wow, all that. And the data's not even in. Fuck. It's so yeah. smart. It it's is such it a is. fucking smart strategy, but it's a liar's strategy. And they knew it was a liar's strategy. They hired a PR firm to yeah. lie to us. Yeah. Not only that, they got away with it for under a million bucks, right? Half a million then, 850 yeah. million now, but, um, or 850,000 now. I mean, like, like, am I wrong? Was it a million, eight? It was under no. a million, right? Yeah, it was, it was, it's it was, like, it's fucking like no money, man. It's like no it's like money no whatsoever. Money. It's no money whatsoever to essentially ruin the earth. To ruin yeah, the right. earth for future generations, they were able to, for, no, for not a lot of buy-in, create tons of pushback against this, this idea that many, that all, like pretty much all the scientists agreed on, that pretty much everybody agreed on it. And the problem is, is that like, like we're willing to take that paycheck for our, in exchange for like our own kid even, because yeah, our man. own kid is a long-term project and humans are terrible at looking at, sh- they're only, yeah. we're only good at looking at short-term stuff. We are never very good at looking at long-term things. And so when we look at long-term things, we're like, well, what does it do for me today? And if it doesn't do anything for me today, then it's like fucking strip mine it all, tear it all down. I don't yep. care. I want the biggest profits I can get today and not care about the future. And and we've we've proven that time and time again. And man, they have they have done. There, there's been so much that is that we're going. The acceleration of this has happened so qu- much quicker than people yeah. have thought was go- that it was going to happen. Like scientists thought they're like, man, it's going to be real bad in like 50 years, and then it's like 20 years later, like what? Whoops! I made it real bad. Wow! Now. Wow! Yep. Wow! We didn't think that was going to happen. I mean, yeah, man. Now you're going to need a life straw to drink out of Lake Mead or whatever. Hey, I want to read from this article because I think this is real interesting and I'll read it quickly because it's a little longer, but I think it, it needs to be heard. While most climate scientists agreed that human-caused climate change was a real issue that would require action, a small group argued there was no cause for alarm. The plan was to pay these skeptics to give speeches or write op-eds and to arrange media tours so they could appear on local TV and radio stations. 
My role was to identify the voices that were not in the mainstream and to give those voices a stage, said Reem. There was a lot we didn't know at the time, and part of my role was to highlight what we didn't know. He says the media was hungry for these perspectives. Journalists were actually actively looking for the contrarians. It was really feeding an appetite that was already there. Many of these skeptics or deniers have rejected the idea that funding from the GCC and other industry groups had an impact on their views, but the scientists and environmentalists tasked with repudiating them, arguing the reality of climate change, encountered a well-organized and effective campaign they found hard to match. The Global Climate Coalition is seeding doubt everywhere, just fogging the air, and environmentalists, environmentalists really don't know what's hitting them, said environmental campaigner John Pascadanto. What the geniuses of the PR firms who work for these big fossil fuel companies know is that truth has nothing to do with who wins the argument. Yep. If you say something enough times, people will begin to believe it. Yeah, man. That's that misattributed Go Goebbels quote or whatever. Yeah, like, man. Just say it over and over. People will believe it. And it's fucking true, man. It's, it's super true. I want to say too, like, like, I think there's a way to beat this back, but it has to be done through policy that changes how industry works and then to push the industry to then sell stuff that they that they might not want to sell because it's not expedient and they have to change their processes. But if you change their process, like you, you suddenly turn multiple GM plants and other car plants into electric plants instead of into, into fucking gas plants, it's harder to switch them back. So if you can get legislation yeah. to make them switch and get that stuff switched and get that and force that innovation, and there's this new bill that just that it looks like it's going to pass, although we don't know yet. Mansions on board and other people uh, might be finally. on board. It just depends. But it's there's a big portion of this that's climate based, and and it's good because it extends tax cuts for people who are looking to get the solar energy in their house. And that's a great way to convince people to get solar energy is to um, is to offer them that sort of money up front and tax breaks and then also the, the money that they can save then on their utility bills. You know, you start changing the way cars have to be sold, then there's no option for the consumer. It's now just a decision to just buy that car and right. be like, okay, well, I guess I have to get this hybrid. And then suddenly there's no, it's way harder to go back once you've changed. You know, that's why they didn't want to do it in the first place because they didn't want to change it up. But if you force the change, going back is just as big a headache as it was yes. to shift yep. over. And so they don't want to do that. And so they're going to follow that road of least resistance or path yep. of least resistance, and they're going to keep doing it. If you can change these things in law to make, to force their hand and to force the hand of, of yes. corporations to do this, you can really change a lot of the aspects of climate change relatively soon. I mean, you can do a lot. You we can just, do a lot. We've just been fucking paralyzed with because we can't do anything in our government. It, it, if we, part of government's job is to change the incentive structure of an economy that has a deeply held economic inertia. Yeah. So like there is this intense inertia where the entire system lurches in this one direction because it has lurched in this direction for however long. And so the energy industry looks a certain way and it has this entire economic and physical infrastructure built around that kind of an energy infrastructure. That's never going to change on its own because all the directionality and weight of force is moving in that space. Government's job is to, is to change the incentive structure. 
because you've got to do something to 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 arrest the inertia of the existing you know energy infrastructure you've got to do something there that's government that's one of the things government has to step in and fucking do if you just wait for it if you just wait for all the capitalist incentives to catch up things have to get so bad with fossil fuel that all of a sudden you know it's cheaper now to do something else but fossil fuels have a hundred years of innovation making them cheap so like you've got to have an externality event and government yeah, has to be that externality yes So next week, we're going to read our patrons. This week, we can't read our patrons because um, we didn't record last night. We normally do. And, and, and Ian normally has an opportunity to enter patrons and he didn't do it this week. I know we have last week's patrons to get to. We promise in next week, we'll read two weeks of patrons. We just, it's just, a, we've had a bad recording schedule, but we will do it next week. So patrons, thank you so much for being patrons. We appreciate it. Uh, patrons just got uh, our last episode that was patron-only release for the book club. We read the first uh, third of Radley Belko's Rise of the Warrior Cop and released uh, our discussion on it. I know that there was some confusion. Some people thought that maybe we would read the book to them. That is not going to happen. Not with. We don't think that's ever going to yeah. happen again, in fact. That was a one-time thing only that we did. So we don't ever think that we're ever going to have a, a, a Tom read a book to you type thing unless we decide to do our own book. But uh, but the, the book is available both in print and on Audible. And we, we we covered the first third of it. And we had, I thought, a really good discussion that's available only for patrons. So if you're interested, you can become a patron on a per-episode basis and go listen to that episode. This is from... Uh, Alexander and he says, Hey Cecil, when are you gonna have another episode of Season Liberally? I am so here's the thing. I had a, a problem with uh with my kitchen I had to fix. And once I did that, I wanted to try to find a better way to film because it takes me hours to set up my setup and then I have to tear it down. And it's like a whole day worth of stuff in order to do one episode. And I want to try to find a way to quickly film rather than find a way to like do all the work that goes into the YouTube of cooking. And uh, I actually put up a job description on Upwork and no one contacted me. So I have Jeez, to do it nobody again. Nobody really? Yeah, I, I, I wanted to pay somebody to ask them questions about what cameras, equipment should I be using? What lighting system is fast to use? Are these shots the best shots? Would you suggest other shots? I basically wanted a cinematographer, but I need a local one because I need someone to like see the space and like look at the space. And I need someone with like, I want someone with a lot of experience. I don't just want to get somebody who like one time picked up a camera and right. I haven't been able to find anybody yet. So I'm going to keep posting it. The moment I get a bite on it, I'm going to try to start filming more, but I just got to make the workflow easier for me to do it because it's it's a, it's a solo project. So it takes a very long time to do. And I want to try to speed it up. I'm not giving up on it and I will do it. I just haven't had, a, I just, it's just carving out that much time to do it. Even yeah. when it's super slow is very hard. And I need to make it so it's more streamlined. But I it's it's gonna happen in the future. I got it. I just gotta figure out how to do it. We got a message. This is um what is that? Pierre Ives? Is that how you would say that? Sure. Pierre Ives. I don't know if that's correct. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name. I said the Pope came to Canada to apologize for the horrible way his church treated the First Nations as a country a bit late to the party. <laughs> Oops, uh, when you yeah. guys found out, then we're yeah. sorry. 
Sorry, yeah, yeah. We didn't we didn't apologize to, to preempt any of this. We only right. waited until after you found when out. you found the mass graves. That's when we decided we yeah. were sorry. That's when we knew we had to apologize. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we got a message from if I Jane Dickweed gets it, then so should you. <laughs> that's a great name. That's so good. <laughs> that's a great name. It says apparently uh, NYC's own mobile crisis emergency services program is active and reducing the number of hospital visits per emergency call. That's so great. Evidently, it's the number is 888-NYC-WELL, W-E-L-L, and it's it's reducing. I mean, that's great. Like, that's that what I awesome. think every, that's how I think everything should, I mean, it yep. should work like that, right? Yep. A couple of people sent this in, Tom, that the Brooklyn pastor got robbed of a million dollars in jewelry while he was on the stage. Man, are you not just thinking, why do you have a million dollars? That's of jewelry what I'm thinking. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to like, I, I I don't think you should be like robbing people. So I don't want to be like ha ha or whatever. But at the same time, I want to say, like, man, you're you're wearing a million, and I also don't want to kind of blame the victim in some way to be like, you're right. wearing a million dollars. But at the same time, it's like, how do you have, you know, you the one thing I want to say is, how do your congregants think it's anything except for about you? If you're but, wearing a yeah, million right. dollars, that's the only thing I want to say about it. You know, I, it's like, how do your congregants walk into your place and think I'm doing a good thing today? The problem isn't that somebody has a million dollars in jewelry. Like I, like I don't care. The problem is that that million dollars worth of jewelry came from probably tens of thousands of small donations from people who are almost certainly poor. Yeah. And, and, and wanting to help being something. grifted. And right? want to help someone, yes. right? That, right. That, that, like you gave that money to them with intent that it was going to be doing something good because that's what right. you're told when you give church money to church exactly. is that it's doing a good thing and it's not doing anything except for enriching this guy's earlobes or right. something. It's in, And it's enriching somebody so much that he has a million dollars just in jewelry. Yeah, right. Just in, just garbage, just garbage. We got a message from Char, Char, I don't know. I mispronounced your name last time. So oh, there you go. So I mispronounced it again. But the, um, this is a person who works for Camp Quest, Michigan. And they said they uh, they were able to host 52 campers with a staff of 16 volunteers. I think that's great. We were able to get a little awesome. bit of the word out. I'm sure other people heard about it from different places. But anybody who reached out and was able to help out with Camp Quest, Michigan, that's you're just helping a that's great awesome. thing happen. So congratulations on a good season. All right, so next week, we hope we'll be back on YouTube and we will be back on uh, on the regular podcast. And you can also come check us out. You can check us out every Thursday night, 9 Central, uh, unless you hear on the during the day, we won't be doing it. But most of the time is we're pretty regular. Every Thursday, you come show up, 9 Central. We'll be on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. You get to catch our live streams. People have been really enjoying them. We've covered a lot of the January 6th stuff. So if you missed any of that, you can go back and re-watch some of those hearings. We watch them. So you can watch the hearings, hear what we have to say about them. Uh, it was a lot of fun. We, we put a lot of time into it. So go check those out. And uh, we should be back on YouTube next week. So come check us out. But that is going to wrap it up for this week. We're going to leave you like we always do with the Skeptic's Creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo quasi alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy, healing, water, downward spiral, brain dead pan, sales pitch, late night info docutainment. 
Leo Pisces, Cancer Cures, Detox, Reflex, Foot Massage, Death and Towers, Tarot Cars, Psychic Healing, Crystal Balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, Aliens, Churches, Mosques and Synagogues, Temples, Dragons, Giant Worms, Atlantis, Dolphins, Truthers, Birthers, Witches, Wizards, Vaccine Nuts, Shaman Healers, Evangelists, Conspiracy, Doublespeak, Stigmata, Nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. The opinions and information provided on this podcast are intended for entertainment purposes only. All opinions are solely that of Glory Hole Studios, LLC. Cognitive dissonance makes no representations as to accuracy, completeness, currentness, suitability, or validity of any information and will not be liable for any errors, damages, or butthurt arising from consumption. All information is provided on an as-is basis. No refunds. Produced in association with the local Dairy Council and viewers like you.